following views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of Dallas Baptist University. I'm seeing stars, I can't believe my eyes. I'm seeing stars. The Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. The Texas Rangers win the pennant. Rebound What is up, podcast people? Welcome to the Seeing Stars podcast recorded live on a Take 3 Thursday. And we still do not reflect the views of Dallas Baptist University. Nope. Months, uh, months later, what are we? We're almost a year removed. Yeah, they don't control us anymore. We still pay them, <laughs> but they don't control us. We do not pay them. I pay the government. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. And I'm very broke. I'm with $3 in my account. Just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a heads up of what's going on with me as of lately. I am Josh Dack. Uh, you know, I cover Rangers baseball on this podcast, but uh, for as well as 105.3 The Fan. Yeah. Now, now He's the fan phenom, the fan. ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, going well there, running strong. And my partner is always partner in crime, Nick Angstead. What up? What up, man? I'm a it's writer weird. at Mavs Moneyball as well as the host of the Locked on Mavs podcast. It is so strange. I can't say Dak. Daddy's home, and this is the <laughs> probably second podcast ever besides the first one. Wow, that I haven't been able. It's to true. Say that. What we're doing is uh, Josh is hosting on Saturday. He's he's the lead man with Brian Broadus, the man he has worked with actual NFL teams. Yes, the uh, the big football brain himself, the writer for DallasCowboys.com, <laughs> host of the Draft Show with David Hellman and Dane Brugler. So I, uh, even though I'm the lead man on this on this show. He far outweighs me, and they are putting me in deep. So wow! Wow! Hope. Shots at his weight. Hope. Gotta get on that. Gotta get on that soda. Soda, soda weight loss. Soda weight loss. Plan Shout out to K and C. You know, you get to eat what you want, and those cauliflower mashed potatoes, yum. I bet they're so good. I bet they're so, I bet they're so good. So we wanted to give Josh some experience hosting the show. So normally I'm the one hosting. I don't it. even host the podcast. Merely <laughs> an actual show. So if you guys, if you guys do decide to tune into 105.3 The Fan this weekend, it's actually on Sunday, 12 to three. Oh, uh, did I say Saturday? Yeah. <laughs> please, please, uh, thank you for listening, and please just be kind. Be kind. Just be patient with me. Anyways, we got a great show for you guys today. We're going to be talking Cowboys draft. It's it's coming up soon, approaching. I'm going to find a way to get in there, no matter what. I'm getting into that draft. Yes. Oh, the lottery system is uh, it's so nerve-wracking because it's here. It's in Dallas. We could actually go. But the ticket, it's in my hometown. I live in Arlington. But the tickets are only working on a lottery system. Yeah, and so, so you can't just go up and sign up for them or go in and like try to buy them. And it's going to be really crappy if we get like day three tickets. Because it's going to be us. I would still go. Would you still go? Oh, I'd still. Yeah, heck yeah. It'd yeah, be I would still you, go. me, that guy you saw walking the dog earlier in the leprechaun With the hat. <laughs> leprechaun hat and his like like uh, auto mechanic jumpsuit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it'd, it'd be us three and we'd have a great time. But yeah, I'd totally be there. Uh, we're going to talk about some Rangers spring training because spring training is about halfway over. We're going to discuss yeah. what we've learned about this team. Just, you know, I don't think there's huge expectations going into this year, but. You know, you never know. That's the beautiful thing about baseball. Everyone starts zero and zero, and so that is a cool thing about baseball. It is a, uh, like it's, a it's a fresh start, and there's nothing there's nothing like opening day. So that'll be awesome. Mavericks, we're gonna we're gonna dive into the Mavericks. Uh, it's been, to say the least, a really interesting couple of weeks. Would you say there's anything positive going on about the Mavericks right now? 
It depends what your outlook is. If you, because if I you host a the daily, I host the daily podcast, and I need some stuff that's positive. <laughs> you just, I put your positive pants on. That's the sign that <laughs> is in front of you. But yeah, so we're gonna be talking about Mavericks tanking culture. Is it useful or detrimental to team culture? We're gonna do a little bit more draft talk just for uh, funsies, and then we'll do our lifestyle segments. We're we're gonna hit beef of the week and finish it out we with got some, some shout beef. outs. We got some beef. Josh has a beef with a a classic a classic food that is is well known in the DFW. I have area. beef with beef. Not he Beef Johnston. <laughs> or or the unofficial sponsor of this podcast, the Nolan Ryan Beef. Beef of the week. Beef, beef of the week. And uh, week. and I have a beef. I actually don't have a beef personally, but I witnessed the the, the murder of a man today on Twitter, and so we'll get to that. Oh, poor Evan Grant. <laughs> oh man. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun show. Stick with us. It's gonna be great. Uh, coming up next, we're gonna hit some cowboys right off the top. Let's here go on the Seeing Stars podcast. Cowboys win. Welcome back to the Seeing Stars podcast. We're going to hop right in with some Cowboys draft talk. Nick, we uh, dem boys. You had a really poor pun to start it off as we were playing this out. Uh, Cowboys draft. What does the mock say? <laughs> Josh. Yes. What does the mock say? Ring, ding, 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 I haven't heard that song in three years. But anyways, no, yeah, so. Nor should you. I've heard it recently because they play it during Mavericks games because they have Dirk and other people. They recently played the uh, Devin Harris tribute video. I feel like that's out of, that's out of, I don't know, it's just a little bit, a little bit dated. Well, it was a tribute video for Devin Harris, and so they showed like all the like crazy things he's done. And then Devin it, Harris does look like a mouse. Then <laughs> they intertwined it with like actual plays he's done in basketball. And so. They did that, and they showed the video of him doing the "What does the fox say?" Okay, like, fair enough. Video. And he was in town. He was in town this past weekend. But um, just to hop on, you know, some Cowboys draft talk. This the, is what this is what the mock this is what the mock say. The combine has just kind of finished up uh, on Monday, as uh, this is kind of the second portion of the off season where guys start moving again in their draft rankings, and you know, it's that big time where you know these prospects have an opportunity to improve or in some cases, you know, fall down draft boards. And I think you saw a little bit of both. I mean, the Cowboys are going to be picking at 19 and I think there's some really intriguing pieces. Uh, Nick, I know you're looking into some mocks. What, uh, what did they have us have us showing at 19? Yeah. So the, the Cowboys obviously have, they have the 19th pick in the first round. And so it's a decent pick. It's a good, that's a, I think it's a really good area to be in. The only, the only upsetting part is that, if you lose that last game of the season, you're sitting at 16. And nah, there's the, no, yeah, but there's this really, there's just this upsetting feeling in my stomach that says there's going to be somebody that we really want from this draft. That's going to go. That's going to go 16, or 17, or 18. And <laughs> Calvin Ridley's going to go there. Or I'm going to be, oh, I'm going to be so upset. But so should, the mocks, man, the mocks are all over the place. I checked this a couple days ago, so I think this, I think I checked this on Tuesday. Tuesday, that would be March the 6th. That's pretty up-to-date. Pretty up-to-date, but I checked them, and they are, like, none of them agree at all. This is uh, The Athletic, 
has the Cowboys taking Isaiah Wynn. I like that. guard from Georgia. I like that a lot. Tankathon.com that that charts all the tanking teams in the NBA and and charts where they're going to be in the draft. The saddest website on the internet. (laughs) To drown out your sorrows, go to that that site. They have uh, Vita Vea, the uh, the the defensive tackle from Washington. NFL.com has like 80 people doing mock drafts, and so this is who they have. They're all different. Deron Payne, the defensive tackle from Alabama. Maurice Hurst, the defensive tackle from Michigan. Okay. Taven? Taven. Taven. Taven Taven Bryan. Defensive tackle from Florida. Cortland Sutton, the wide receiver from SMU. The local guy. They have Calvin Ridley going the uh, wide receiver from Alabama and Connor Williams, the offensive tackle from Texas. Okay, so that's all from NFL.com. And then CBS has James Washington, the wide receiver from Oklahoma State. Okay. That is. All that is six, seven, eight, nine. Nine different mocks that have nine different players. Which tells you what? I mean, when you're sitting at 19, you're far enough into the draft that you're not sitting pretty high up where it's, you know, a common theme that this guy's going to get mocked here. And you have a pretty, pretty sure shot of who's going to be on the board. At 19, you honestly have no idea. And. As there's, I'm, there's just so many combinations at the, at the top. You could have trades. You could have stuff like how many quarterbacks go ahead. That's of that. a huge part for the Cowboys. Is that if you see five quarterbacks go in the top, that'd be awesome. Top eighteen. That means that you're starting to get guys falling, and hopefully you're going to get somebody with a first round grade on him. Because you have Sam Darnold, you have Josh Rosen, you have Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen. Those are the five big quarterbacks in this draft. And realistically, there's a chance that all five of them could go in the top 18, which would be nah, perfect. I don't think Lamar Jackson's going that high. I think he could. I really do cool. think he could. I would like him to, but I don't. I just don't. So what? It, let me ask you this question: What do you think of the talk that Lamar Jackson doesn't have a future at the quarterback position? Oof, that is a really good segment. We should save for the end. I really, I really like that that idea. Uh, let's talk about that after we get we get through. And I that. when we go to our we'll go to our NFL. NFL normal draft talk at the end. And I personally have a really good spot for Lamar Jackson. Oh, I'm excited uh, to hear he, it. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't mean he's starting right away, but I think it would be his best case scenario. Is he going to change mascots at all? Yes. Okay. Yes. So he's not gonna, <laughs> yeah, not gonna go out to the desert. <laughs> that would have changed but, it completely. So with with the Cowboys though, so we look at the all these mocks. There's nine mocks, and so what it tells me is it obviously the the Cowboys' needs are obvious. I mean, defensive tackle, uh, three, four of the, of the nine guys that they have taken are all defensive tackles. Then you have a couple wide receivers, an offensive guard that's just, I mean, a really, really good player, and then, uh, then an offensive tackle, which okay. you know you need to. You need to. And seeing from <laughs> these these nine mock drafts, none of these guys aren't at a position of need. Yeah. I really like the mock of Isaiah Wynn to the Cowboys. Let you me could, tell you why. You could argue that guard is an is a position to be, but tackle really isn't. No, but let me tell you why. Collins. Is that Isaiah Wynn was George's left tackle during his the entirety of his time there, and he played really well. The thing is, he's a little bit undersized, has some short arms, small hands, but the guy can play. Shout and out so, to guys with short arms. Perfect scenario for him is he moves inside. He moves to that guard position, and if you you know you hear Jeff Cavanaugh talk about it, you hear. Kevin Turner talk about it. They they like Isaiah Wynn. They say if you bring him to Dallas, he slots in, he starts from day one, and you're completely happy with it. I also like Vita Vea, and he was a really hot name at the beginning of this draft process. Yeah, I As feel like you, I haven't heard his name a lot. I feel like I, at the beginning of even the, the college football year, you heard his name a lot, but then now I'm 
feel like I'm hearing him as much. I mean, he's he's gonna. The the thing about him is, I don't know if he's going to make it to 19 because he had himself a really good combine. This guy's 350 and he ran almost a five flat. Dang. Which I mean, that's athletic. That's, and he put up a dude. And he put up the most reps on uh, on bench press. I think he had 41. And so this guy's. I mean, he's legit. He's really athletic at his size. But the Cowboys have been very vocal about saying that they don't want a one technique. They don't want a guy who lines up right over center, just a big boy who's a gap clogger. Yeah, that that's not Marinelli's thing. That's not what he he what he wants to play. So if you kind of look down these as well, Deron Payne, Maurice Hurst, Taven Bryan make a little bit more sense. Now, I'd, did you hear about what happened with Maurice Hurst? I have not. No. Okay. So at the Combine, he goes in. Each player has to go through. He didn't get stuck in the revolving door. No. No, that would be. We'll talk about that later. No, so each player has to go through a medical checkup. Um, and with Maurice Hurst, they found out he has a heart condition. Oh. And so this is somebody who I have kind of been outspoken that I didn't want at 19. Before this? Before yeah, this talk? No, just because he's a good player. You know, he's solid. I think that if you were to pick him, I think he'd. He'd be fine, but I just I feel like there's other players you'd be leaving on the board at that point. But when I heard the news about Maurice Hurst, life becomes bigger than football, and you have yeah. to you know you obviously your thoughts and prayers are with him. That this guy who's you know worked so hard and gotten to the point where he's at the NFL draft combine is a couple months away from making himself a first first round draft pick. You know, setting up his family really nice. And then you get news like this. That's life-changing news. This is like uh, the guy out of Baylor, Isaiah Austin, yes. that was coming out for the for the NBA draft when he had that. I don't, I don't, not sure, I don't think it was a heart condition. Uh, it could have been. Shout out to my dog, by the way, who's just going to town on that squeaky squirrel over there. But, he, yeah, he had that, that heart issue. And then, I mean, he, we've seen he hasn't been able to play. I think he got cleared recently to play. I think I heard that. Um, but, but what he big, didn't get picked up by anybody. So I mean, that's that's a couple years out of basketball for a guy who's really raw coming out of Baylor to begin with. You know, a lot of his game was putbacks, and you know he he was a he was a bigger five, but it's not like he really stretched the floor. So a guy like that, staying out of basketball for a couple of years, he's got to get back into basketball yeah, shape. That's tough, and it's got to be tough for for a big guy too, for a defensive tackle, for any any guys in the line. I mean, if you're not going to practice every day kind of hard to stay in shape yeah that's like a weird place to be in because you're part of your job is to sort of be out of shape a little bit <laughs> you know like we see linemen when they leave the nfl they slim down and we see them all on espn now where they're like yeah Je the main guy that comes <laughs> to mind is jeff saturday because yeah. he was i mean he was a big dude Huge guy. and somehow they just all lose weight in the matter of like two months yeah they just, just drop just it and drop. look they look great they just stop eating whatever they're eating going doing the uh lineman dinners and, and all Maybe that kind I, of stuff i I don't play professional sports. But you don't. I'm, I'm starting to balloon, and so I think really, I I, I think I need to. It's because you're coming up on marriage. You're preparing yourself. <laughs> I'm starting to to hibernate for the for the cold months. Um. So, uh, okay. So the the question for me, I feel like, and I was listening. To, I was actually listening to your future co-host Brian Broadus on the. Uh, they have this uh, draft show that they're doing. They have this podcast. Very good. And Love it. Then they have, very good. Thank you. <laughs> and they have. Uh, they have Calvin Ridley. Dane Brugler did a mock, and they have Calvin Ridley going to them. And they were all, they were all in agreement that the Cowboys should go wide receiver first. Do you think the Cowboys should go wide receiver first? Is that the smartest decision for them to go? Because it sort of feels, 
sort of like a luxury, but this wide receiver core has been the same for like what five years. I mean, it just feels like they've been the exact same for a long time. And there's a lot of question about this wide receiver core. Not only Des Bryant as well as Terrence Williams, and you you're just not super happy with the production that you got from Cole Beasley, and so no, I think or uh, or uh, Switzer. Yeah, I mean, he almost said Ryan Shazier. He didn't <laughs> he didn't do a lot in his his rookie year, and so wide receiver is a position of need. If the guy's there at 19, if you really like what you see in Calvin Ridley, which for most people, he's kind of that, he's the top tier of this draft class. Now, the thing you have to look at with him is he's 24 years old, coming out, and it said he was a junior, which I don't understand because I was in school for five years and graduated at 23. (laughs) So I'm not sure how that really works out. Okay, well, I graduated at 24, and uh, so. Okay, so you're kind of in that boat. (laughs) I don't know, maybe I was 25. Now, Cortland Sutton was somebody early in the year that was at the top of this draft board, fell a little bit, just smaller school, not huge production. But talk about a guy who really helped his draft stock at the Combine. You know, of the guys going up against him, you know, he had the best three-cone drill, which really shows kind of fluidity and hips and, you know, your, your explosiveness. This is a guy who... You know he's athletic. He he's your prototypical wide receiver. He's kind of in that Julio Jones it's mold. Like your burner guy, uh, not so much more, fast. Just like a, yeah, no big, like middle of the field kind. But of he's guy. a bigger guy. He's a bigger guy, and he gets open, and that was impressive. Who I'd like to kind of compare him to is a Michael Crabtree type. Interesting. And so I don't know if that's the type of guy you would want to take at nineteen. Richard Sherman would not like to take that guy. Talked about Richard Sherman. <laughs> oh. Josh, that's, Josh that's not knows, the that's Josh not the move I, that's not the move that I would make. So the the wide receiver talk is it's got me a little scared. Got me a little scared because Josh, do you know that one out of the last thirteen wide receivers taken in the first round have made the Pro Bowl? Now the Pro one Bowl, out of thirteen. Now the Pro Bowl is not everything, but listen to this group of burners right here that were the last uh, thirteen wide receivers taking in the first round: Corey Davis, Mike Williams, John Ross. Dot dot dot. Corey Coleman, two Corys. Will Fuller, Josh Doxson, Laquan Treadwell, Amari Cooper, he's the one. He's the one guy that's that's made a Pro Bowl, and even he is kind of like, eh, this past year, not not so great. Kevin White, Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar, Brashawn Perriman, Philip Dorsett. Now, Aguilar kind of turned it around this year for the, the, the Eagles. I hate to admit it, but yes. <laughs> Other than that, though, those names, I just don't like – like, I don't think the casual fan knows any of those names. But who's who's in that – now, who's in the group before that? Because I felt like that was a big year. You're just for saying that because it's in my notes and you can see, I, you can you know see what? it. <laughs> don't, don't break my cover. I'm trying to sound smart. <laughs> okay, so that 2014 class, that was a really good class. And in the first round, this is who was taken. Sammy Watkins was the first one taken. Good wide receiver. Good wide receiver. Mike Evans. I would take him Really today. good. OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., Brandon Cooks. And Calvin Benjamin. The fat wide that, receiver. That is a really good class right there. Calvin Benjamin's the Baron Davis of wide but receivers, does, yes or no? Calvin Benjamin <laughs> is not. He's the Boris Diaw of wide oh, receivers. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Likes himself some uh, some, some wine. <laughs> some wine. No. So, but that, that last, those last three years, it's just, it's so, it, it's weird to me that 
that that seems like a trend that all those guys, there's only one out of them that, or two out of them, I guess that I would take right now. And maybe it takes a little bit longer to, to develop because those are the two guys that I would take are from the, the earliest class. And so, but then people also say you can wait to get a wide receiver in it in, you know, second, third round. So why does that have to be first? Is there just not a better option at that point? Or do you think that the wide receiver core is, is so kind of broken? It's so just not broken, but like, so stagnant that you really need to shake it up with like a number one guy. Well, I think a lot of people consider it this really high skill position because it's a super flashy spot. So it would seem that it would make sense to take a wide receiver in the first round. Now there's a lot of guys available. This draft class is extremely deep. It's not super top heavy. You don't have the OBJ. You don't have the Mike Evans. You don't have that type of guy at the beginning of this draft class, but it is really deep. So I would prefer to maybe address that wide receiver position in the second round. A couple names to think about. DJ Moore, who had himself a great combine. Christian Kirk. Michael Gallup. I just I think there's names that Dante Dante Pettis, who's coming from Washington. I mean, the list really does go on and on. I think you could look at pass rusher if you want to. I like the idea of going offensive line, even though that's not that is not the position. It's not the of, number one need. It's not initial need. But this team functions best when their running game is best. It was built around that. And so I think if you can just start adding a – if you can add a piece like Isaiah Wynn and put him towards that offensive line, it's going to make a world of difference. You're going to see Dak play better. You're going to see – Both know, Josh and Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. I will feel better <laughs> about the situation. Josh Dak. Dakota Rain Prescott. Yeah. I think no, I think I think you're right. It's it's an interesting question. It's a debate that we'll have to we'll have to look a little bit deeper into. Um coming up next though, we're gonna we're gonna get into Rangers spring training. It's, it's oh yeah. It is a fun time just because it's not in season for a lot of things besides basketball, but spring training's halfway over. Uh what's this team looking like? What's the storylines? We'll figure out next on the Seeing Stars Podcast. Welcome back to the Seeing Stars Podcast. This segment is brought to you by Tide Pods. Don't eat them. <laughs> That's actually a really bad idea. And also brought to you by... They're uh, not gushers. Tide doggy. Pods. They're also not brought gushers. to you by Doggy Toys, which Laker needs one because he's trying to bite my hand currently. Nick, we know this has been kind of a sore spot for you in the past. Oh, don't even... Don't bring Majors. this up. You called me out on looking at your notes, so this is only fair, and then we'll get back to our, our rightful places. Okay. Ranger Spring Training is it's about halfway over, which it moves quick. And it's one of your favorite things in the world. It is literally one of my – that is my Disneyland. I love spring training, and it kills me that I'm not there right now. Maybe next year. Maybe oh. next year I will get to a point where they will allow me to be a child again and go out there but nick have you been have you been following up on storylines kind of moving in because i know you said that this was something that you wanted to follow a little bit deeper yeah yeah this is something i i definitely want to get into as you guys all know i am not normally known as the baseball guy not the baseball guy <laughs> but that's that's all right but i'm reading up i uh subscribed to the athletic it's a really really good site i recommend it to everybody and uh levi weaver has been uh, he's been my teacher so far he's been he, teaching me the good stuff i would say if there was a teacher to get Levi Weaver is the guy 
Good looking guy too. Incredibly good looking. <laughs> wow, in- incredibly. Incredibly <laughs> wow. talented. He's just an incredible man altogether. I don't even know Levi, so it's not like I I'm not even giving him I'm not even giving him like a uh, <laughs> Uh, endorsement this is just fully that i i enjoy him i enjoy him quite a bit so yeah uh spring training's about halfway over the things that we've learned about this team that willie calhoun can hit the ball willie calhoun can hit the hell out of the yes, ball he can. okay so joey gallo was on with i love the this. ben and skin show today because, today so joey gallo's on with the ben and skin show today and he's talking about willie calhoun who, I caught this segment right in the middle, and when he gives this answer, I didn't know who they were talking. I thought he was talking about Rugi. I thought he was talking about Beltre. <laughs> That's so, a weird person to talk. And say then I was about. like, then as soon as they they kept talking about him, I was like, oh my gosh, they're talking about Willie. Like this surprised me. Okay, so Joey Gallo, I think he's talking about Rugi, which I get because Rugi's a really free swinger and he's really confident up at the plate. And Joey says this isn't meant to be a bad thing. This is meant to be a compliment. He's kind of a he's kind of a just a, a dumb hitter. <laughs> Like he's a dumb ball, dumb hitter in the way of saying that he doesn't care who he's nope. facing. Like it doesn't matter. He's gonna get up there and hit the crap out of the ball. And he, the he, that, would, he would go up and ask Joey Gallo, like, "Who's this pitcher I'm facing?" And like ask him a bunch of questions about it. And Joey would be just like, "Forget about it. You don't need it. Just go up there and swing." Man. Yeah, he's like, "Why are you asking me? You're literally one of the purest hitters I've ever seen in my life." That was such a compliment. And talk about a guy who's been around the. Adrian Beltre's the you know Elvis is coming into his own as a hitter and so that's really impressive I think it's gonna be hard to keep Willie down at that you know to start the season hashtag keep <laughs> hashtag keep Joey it, up hey, keep hey, Joey down hey uh, Josh is, how hard is it gonna be to keep the Willie down uh <laughs> well, thinking about Levi Weaver I'm not sure I know <laughs> I know that Rangers spring training is your favorite time of year but Dude, maybe keep maybe keep the Willie down as Josh. long as the weather stays warm I am I'm keeping the Willie up. if it gets too cold the Willie will, the Willie yeah. will go up yeah, the Willie will uh it will get a little bit uh <laughs> you know so okay my my question about Willie Calhoun we, he's been hitting really well but is he is the hitting good enough for you to throw sort of a liability out in left field? Because that's that seems to be the one position on this Rangers team that was in question as far as defensively. And that's the only reason that you would keep him down at that point. To start the year, if you see Willie Calhoun go down to AAA, it's for him to get consistent at bats, and they're going to start the year with a platoon in left field, maybe Drew Robinson and Ryan Rua. Uh, maybe try to find jerks and pro far some playing time, but let it be known by June. I mean, Willie Calhoun will be will be this team's everyday left fielder. Is, don't He's, they don't they call him June? Yeah, June Calhoun. June Calhoun. Hashtag no tuck. June by I June. I don't know what that means. No tuck. It's keep it's, it. W- <laughs> still talking about the Willie? Are you still talking about the Willie? <laughs> yeah. Don't tuck the Willie. Oh gosh, so many <laughs> jokes, so many puns. <laughs> So, okay, you've seen him in left field. Yeah, I was. How do you? I, how do you? You were you were encouraged. I remember last year about like him in left barking field. barking into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> There's three of us here. One of us is a dog, and you're the one that's barking. I was pleasantly surprised from what I saw from L- Willie Calhoun in September last year. Yeah. Did he play left field in in Triple nope. A too? Uh, I think they worked him out there because in the Dodgers organization he was pretty specifically a second baseman, right? And that wasn't going to be a place where he was going to play once he came over here. No, and I think it's I think it's suited him well. It'll probably take him a full year to kind of get comfortable with that left field spot. 
just because that's not his natural position. So I think this time next year, you're going to feel a lot better about what he's doing. But the fact that you can add instant offense to that left field position, that's got to be really encouraging. Yeah. Another kind of big storyline of what we learned is that the Rangers really trust Delano to Shields. They're giving him every opportunity to be the man in center field. And if if he's out there with Mazzara in right field and Calhoun in left field, then you know they really, really trust him. Like, they really trust him defensively out there. And this is probably not going to be your, quote-unquote, outfield of the future. Only reason I say that is you have your top prospect at AA, Leody Tavares, who's... He's, he's going to be a talented center fielder when it's time. And then if you want to talk about an international signing that just happened, yeah. If I mean, he's clearly... Go, he's since, going deep. Since the last time that we've talked, we did not get Shohei Otani. I mean, that's, it's been a long that time. That is the last time we talked was the day before... I think it was like a couple days before the Angels signed him. Yeah, and so... Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. The, yeah, Angel, the, Angels, the signed. Angels signed him. If you have been in a coma and only listened to our podcast, I'm sorry to tell you it was a really sad time. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's some people that only hear Rangers stuff just from this podcast. I really appreciate that. I, I really, uh, you know, thank you for your loyalty. <laughs> but the Rangers did sign the number two international prospect on the market his name's julio pablo martinez Ooh. Uh, he's coming from cuba um this is a guy who's got a really interesting uh unique skill set of power speed um would you say he has a unique set of skills like liam neeson <laughs> is that what you're going for yeah have we taken have we taken this guy he's from cuba so i would assume so he would have to defect <laughs> Uh, no, but I think he's a really interesting prospect. People are kind of comparing him to Leody T- or no, not Leody Tavares, Leonis Martin. There's so many. Oh, Leody and Leonis. Yeah. So Leonis Martin, and you know, I think Rangers fans are not overly happy with that comparison. But let's be honest, they're like, we just Leon- got rid of this, that guy. <laughs> Leonis Martin was a great defender. Like he had a rocket of an arm in center field, but his hit tool never came around. The thing is that they're comparing him to Leone. Leonis Martin <laughs> with a hit tool, with a you know developed you hit go. tool, which is impressive. He's not an overly big guy, but at this last level, he walked more than he struck out. It's always a good thing. That's for good. A, that's that's a, a good ratio. It's a great thing for a young prospect. So, yeah, you definitely you want that ratio up for sure. So, all right, so left field, we're thinking it's going to be a platoon. They're going to at least there's not going to be a guy that plays in left field every single day. Not unless it's there's going to be a couple guys. It's going to be Drew Robinson, Rua. They'll probably. I mean, you think they'll cycle it? They'll bring Willie up, put Willie down. No, no, I don't. Or think they would so. just I keep think, him up or leave him down. I think he is a really developed prospect, and if he comes up, there's a reason, and he's going to stay there unless he really just starts struggling at at the plate. But he's not going to start the season. What do you mean? Right now, do you think he would start the season on the Rangers club? I would like him to. I don't know if he will, though. I would say my confidence meter is at about 60%. So a That's little, pretty good, though. A little over half, but I'm not like 98%. Sure. See, I think you have to start him. In in left field? Or I think you... he's somebody that, that fans are going to be interested in. Oh, he's extremely interesting. He's a fun prospect. Elvis, he's a fun guy. He's Elvis got that Odell him. Beckham Jr. hair now. He's, he's a guy that people want to come out and see. And I think opening day, I think you have to start. There's that intrigue there, at least. Elvis, for, for, for somebody like me that was not super into baseball before, 
that is a guy that I would want to come see. Like, oh my gosh, you have Pablo, the real life backyard baseball Pablo Sanchez out there. Yeah, kind of just a beer belly and <laughs> just isn't overly athletic. Which he's athletic. been working on, by the way. He lost a couple pounds. Okay, and so this is actually kind of sweet that Elvis gave him the nickname Osito. Yes. Which means teddy bear. Doesn't It means teddy bear in Spanish. I felt like it was, I literally was, just looked it up on SpanishDick.com. Yeah, <laughs> it's D-I-C-T. D-I-C-T. It's not dictionary. Hashtag keep Willie down, Josh. <laughs> I'm so excited. So excited. <laughs> so another interesting... I thought there was an adjective in front of Osito. I don't think so. Anyway. So a fun signing. Tim Lincecum. In th- a, fun in- a fun in theory. My 17-year-old self, if you would have told me that the Rangers (laughs) would have signed in the same offseason Bartolo Colon, Matt Moore, and Tim Lincecum. And had Cole Hamels on the roster. I would have lost my (laughs) ish. I would have been just off the wall. The Willie would. Hashtag keep Willie up. Yeah, it would have been been exciting. I mean, think about in 2010, Tim Lincecum is literally Cy Young Award winner, like the guy, he he beat the Rangers to clinch the World Series in Texas for the Giants. Then you had Matt Moore, who had his coming out party in in 2010 against the Rangers with the Rays. And so, if you t- if you tell me back in 2010 that the Rangers <laughs> have a one-two of Tim Lincecum and Matt Moore, oh my gosh, I I think that it's incredible. Now, the- what has transpired over the past eight years has depression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean total deflation. It's not you the, know. the Rangers. These Rangers are like the 2018 Cavs. They don't have a, a player on the level of LeBron, obviously. But you had Wade, Derrick Rose, LeBron, Kevin Love, like all these dudes that if you told them in 2010 that they were all on the same team, you'd be like, all right, season over. That's it. Nobody else wins. Yeah, yeah. So what? It's kind of it's kind of hard for me to ask you this question. Are you excited for the addition of Tim Lincecum, or do you have expectation that goes along with that? I have no expectation. I don't think this is a guy that's going to come in and, like, you see the two Cy Youngs. You see the, you know, that he had MVP votes in a couple years, and you think, like, man, maybe this is the stop. You know, like, maybe this – I saw all these Derrick Rose memes today of, like, people saying, I can fix him. You know, like the, like the girlfriend that thinks that she can fix the boyfriend. Like, finally, you go to a spot and finally – Spoiler alert, you can't. It's no. just you cannot fix Derrick Rose person. got signed by the Timberwolves today. And so people are all like, oh, he, this is finally the spot. He's finally going to – and there are all these Derrick Rose truthers. And I'm sure there are Tim Lincecum truthers out there that are like, this is the time that he comes back. I am not one of those people. I don't think – I think that – I will hope that he'll give us some solid reliever innings and – uh, I just don't have a lot of expectations for this whole pitching staff in general. Nor should you, because that is the weakness of this team, hands down. I think it's going to be an exciting year for Rangers offense. I think you have yeah. the pieces there that they score a buttload of runs. If the Rangers by July are still in this thing, what that tells you is that multiple pieces from this offense have outperformed what we expect. They've been playing they're playing at an optimal level. Yeah. So that means Joey Gallo is Mazzara. Mazzara is doing well. Willie Calhoun's probably up. And that means Delino DeShields is doing a good job of being a catalyst at the top of that order. You know, getting getting on base and getting home, which in his interview today with the Ben and Skin show, he said that his the only goal he has this year is to cross the plate a hundred times. That's a great goal. He said, if I do that, then I'm doing my job. 
That's an awesome goal. Yeah, I think it's a great goal. And I think that's a really good goal because it's not like I want to hit, you know, 10, 15, 20 homers. It's not like – it's not that. It's however I can, however I can get on base. And that's what baseball's become about now. It's not as much about batting average. It's like how do you get on the, on, on the bag? How do you get, you know, on base? And however I can, I'm going to try to get there. So it's like – that there's a lot of different things in your game you can focus on. You can focus on, you know, getting more walks. You can focus on, you know, being like being more patient at the plate and watching pitches. Like there's just a lot of things in that that you could unpack to be like, I think that's a healthy goal. It's not like a personal, like I want to get my numbers up. So I stay up in, you know, no, because you know what he I mean? had the, he has a dad who played a good career in the big leagues in Delano DeShield senior. And that he and a sister that should have been drafted last year, and she will be in the draft this year. So <laughs> basketball player, yeah. So maybe uh, some some future wings coverage. Who knows? Ooh. Uh, so this next topic right here, um, it's not Rangers related, but it is something that I want to get into. Um, it's part of Rangers related. I don't know if you if you heard about this. Is that the Kansas City Royals um, brought in an executive from? The organization fight the new drug. Do you know what that is? Oh, that's the uh, the porn kills love. Yes. So it's thing. the so it's the anti kind of porn um, pornography know, ad- advocate group. And the reason that I wanted to bring this up is because they want to keep Willie down. I was hearing in crosstalk today, and Mike Bassick. Uh, you know, they crosstalk is usually really fun, uh, but Mike Bassick. We've done it on this show. What we've done a crosstalk on this show, yeah, with yeah. the uh, Let's Be Real podcast. Exactly, that was a long time ago. If you guys know that, then you're real. You're real seeing star stance. It's crazy. It's fun. But Mike Bassick did something today that I had to text him and say, "Dude, I applaud you hugely because that takes a lot of guts." Um, and I kind of want to do a little bit of the same. I mean, this is this is something that in the Christian community, pornography is something that you know. As a younger Christian community, it's not something that we're afraid to discuss. It's not something that we're afraid to bring to the light, and that's an awesome thing. Now, what culture tells you is that porn is okay. It tells you that porn is Normal. cool. It tells you that it's not the big of a deal, even though it's bad. And I think for the majority of people, if you're listening to this and you know that's something that you indulge in, and you're like, dude, I don't want to hear you preach at me, that's fine. You can skip to the next portion, but... Let me just tell you this. Skip a couple minutes. From the age of 12, that's when I was introduced to porn. I was freed from that three months ago. So if that tells you from the age, that is over 10 years of something that you're encaptured by. And it's a very serious thing. And I know it's, you know, a fun thing to joke about. And it's a really kind of light subject to a lot of people. And it may not have the effects of you know, the physical effects of kind of an actual drug. But what it does is that it's a very like mentally debilitating thing. It, you know, it obviously will make you look differently at love. It just, it perverts love is what it does. And the thing is, is that for me, three months ago, I stepped forward and bared it all out to the Lord and said, God, this is something that I'm really struggling with. This is something that I'm entering into. I'm about to be a husband and I can't take this into a marriage and I, I can't do this on my own. 
and I need your help and I need you to free me from this. And, you know, praise God he did. And what that's called is called dying to self is that you're lustful and your flesh desires no longer have control over you and you're no longer satisfying those at the expense of others. Now, I think this is an awesome thing for the Royals to do. Culture is taking this completely differently. They're looking at it like, well, you know, why, why are they worried about this instead of worrying about baseball? Listen, I mean, Kevin Love came out and talked about it, that the mental aspect of sports is very important, including the physical. Now, it may not affect your physical ability on the field, on the court, on the ice, whatever it may be. But what it is, it's going to affect your relationships. And I really do applaud the Royals for taking this step. Yeah, no, it, it's a massive thing. It's very difficult. It's so easy. It is, you know, we hold it in our hands every single day <laughs> that you can you can get to it. You can get to pornography in three clicks on your phone. <laughs> you know, like it's so easy now. And, you know, in our generation, we've grown up with we've grown up with it in uh, in our, you know, in TV dropped in little things. We've grown up with it just so easy to find and so easy to get a hold of and like my dad we talk about this and he had to like go to the store and get a magazine yeah. <laughs> you know get a like, nudie bag so <laughs> yeah yeah and uh and now it's it's so easy and so it's such an easy thing to to struggle with and to to be haunted by almost you know it it, it seems to, to come back in cycles unless you really unless you really hit it at its core unless you really get get actual real help it's huge. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, well, anyways. the fact that the fact that this is available to, uh, the fact that this is available to, you know, pro baseball players is, is I think a really, really good thing. And, uh, and I, you know, applaud them as well. It's, yeah. It, you know, I think it's, I think it's a really cool story, even though it probably was really confusing for a lot of baseball fans. Cause it's not normal news. And it's actually really for a lot of people, probably a fun subject to talk about on radio, but, um, I thought that it'd be doing a disservice if I didn't give you the other side of it. And that's just my true feelings on it. And like I said, if you didn't like it, I don't blame you. <laughs> um, but it's something that I'm really passionate about. Uh, coming up next on the Seeing Stars podcast, we're going to hop into some Mavs tanking culture, NBA draft, what could be on the horizon, and is it bad for your ball club? Up next on the Seeing Stars podcast. Back on the Seeing Stars podcast, Josh Dak here, Nick Angstead. Laker still is pissing me off and trying to bite my hand, <laughs> but we're going to get through it. Um, one thing I think that we wish as Mavericks fans we could get through is this season. And the way that I have liked to put it is that I cannot wait till this season's over and I can opt out of my team tank contract because <laughs> I'm ready to be able to root for my team again. And so is Cuban. Oh my gosh, talk about... So you've been, a, you've been 100% on Team Tank. Yes. Absolutely. Dude, I've been on Team Tank since the beginning of last year, and you guys wow. thought I was crazy. Like, you guys were like, what are you doing? This is way too early to say this. No. I, yeah, it was probably too early to say it, but uh, I just it's hard for me to – and Isaac and I talk about this all the time on, on Locked On – is that it's hard for me to – as a as a fan to root for your your team to lose. Oh, it's it's miserable, man, and that's where I'm at is that Isaac doesn't think you can do it. And you are, are you saying that you don't think that you can do that and be a good fan or right. be a fan at all? You're not really a true fan if you root for your team to lose. I would disagree with that. I disagree with that as well. That's but that's what Isaac says. 
Well, and I, I respect Isaac's opinion. He's I don't, but that's okay. Wow. Okay. You know what? <laughs> I was just trying to be kind, but you know that's that's cool too. We talk um, every day. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's a brother relationship. I I would disagree with that though. I think that you can be a fan and you, you want it for the betterment of your ball club. And I know that's so weird, but sometimes you have to subtract to add. Sometimes there has to be the breaking down and getting to the foundation of a team and building those strong building blocks from the bottom up to get to a point where it's you have a you have a healthy you know pyramid, and I think right now you don't have that. You know, do I like the pieces you have on the ball club? Yes, I do. I think there's some great pieces. And the Mavericks have done an awesome job with adding through undrafted free agents, whether that be Yogi and Max. He hasn't gotten a lot of playing time, but he gave you great minutes this year. And mm-hmm. you saw, I mean, in a second round pick that you traded for, Dwight Powell has come into his own. Oh my gosh, he's been so much fun to watch. Dwight Powell has been so good this year. We were so down on him at the beginning of the year and last year, and he has just turned it like all around. I, I am just I'm very impressed by him. Carlisle has definitely changed his role on the team, but he has been He's been so good this year. Just his numbers are, are – he averaged the week before the All-Star break like 18 points and eight boards <laughs> for like six games. Okay, so clearly – You just never thought that Dwight would do that. No, and for a long time it seemed like the contract that you gave him was – a. it was just going to be really bad money that you were going to get because at a certain point – is this guy really going to ever develop into the type of player you wanted him to be? You wanted Dwight Powell to be this stretch four big who was, you know, playing outside, you know, really being able to shoot and move inside. But I think the guy that he's become is this athletic force down low where he's able to roll and has filled this role of kind of what Nerlens Noel was supposed to be. Yeah, he's not the rim protector or, or the steals guy that Nerlens is going to be. Like he doesn't disrupt enough on defense, in my opinion. But he uh, he's one of the best role guys in the NBA. Like his numbers on uh, pick and roll, being the role man, he is one of the best points per possession guys in the like in the NBA, the entire NBA. He's been so much fun, and you you can expect a highlight play from him twice a game. One one small thing that we've talked about that is that. He has been so much better than last year. His hands. I don't know what he's doing. Like if he's working with those wide receiver like catching things or whatever, but he uh he catches the basketball in ways and in, in lobs and He's a know. renaissance man, Nick. He's, he probably does pottery in his spare time. <laughs> he ca- he soft hands. He would drop the ball so much last year. Like just so much. It was something that really frustrated me. And he's not dropping the ball as much, not turning it over as much, and he's catching more lobs. And that's honestly where most of his points are coming from. He would just last year he would just miss lobs. Like like JJ would throw a lob up to him, and they would, would go through his hands and up into the stands. And it would hit him in the face <laughs> on the way there because I know you have your counter. I have my counter on Twitter. Uh, we're up to almost thirty now. Oh my goodness! Dwight Powell has been hit in the face directly in the face. I don't count the head. I just count the, the face, face. <laughs> specifically the face, almost thirty times this year. And they've played like 60 games. That's like every other night the dude's getting hit in the face. You know what? I think that's part of his game. It's it's his motivation. So something that I wanted to discuss to you about because it's a huge topic around the NBA to begin with is tank culture. Is this idea that we have really never seen the idea of so many teams being this non-competitive. Right now the Mavericks are in a five-way tie 
at their current record. That's sick because every <laughs> night it literally because they're changes. twenty and forty. You can go. You can go from three to eight to six down back to two. I mean, I wouldn't say. Now this is kind of going against my argument, but is tank culture at least for the Mavericks? Is it useful? Are you is is it something that's going to be built towards and you know you can actually get off this at some point, or is it detrimental? And this is, you know. As as Isaac would say it, you're not a true fan, and you know your team is not benefiting from a lost season. Yeah, you're asking a different question though. You're asking for a team, for the team culture. Is it of any benefit, or is it detrimental to your team to to tank? And I think we've seen teams, we've seen Philadelphia overcome the tanking thing. They were kind of the the ones that. It took them a long time. It it took them a while, but it also took two transcendent players in Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons that would be literally good anywhere that they play. Like they would be really good players anywhere, and they were they sort of kept their culture around because they kept their coach as well. Brett ba- Brett Brown Brown has been their coach for this entire. Brett B B B. He has been their coach this, this, this entire time, and uh, and I think that's that's good for culture, and so. Carlisle being the coach of the Mavericks this these last you know two years that you've considered them tanking I think is is good for their culture but I think it's also good to see a couple games a year to have you know Dennis take the game winning shot or try it or play in the fourth quarters and maybe you know sit Dirk during the fourth quarters like they have been and do stuff like that I think that could also be good for your culture but other people could look at that and say that's tanking they're 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 just different things and it's, it's really it's not I mean, all one thing it's unfortunate for the fact that. The Mavericks are getting in trouble, and they got fined because Mark Cuban decided to go on this podcast and say Dr. So- J. and say something publicly that the rest of the team, the rest of kind of this bottom half of the NBA is doing privately. If you do not feel like you have a chance to win a title, why not tank? Why not try to get a good draft pick? Is, in your opinion, is the guy there for the Mavericks at the top of the draft that will make this worthwhile? Yeah, if you get if you get Luka Doncic or you get DeAndre Ayton. Or even we saw him play today, and he's he's not completely back. But even like a Michael Porter, uh, Michael Porter Jr., I think that that changes your franchise forever. That's your like those three guys. I think are your Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid types. Do you think Marvin Bagley and Mo Bamba is on the kind of that second tier of guys? I think they're they're lower for sure. I think there's you, we could talk about tiers, and I think I think that Doncic and Aiton are the top tier. They're they're the two by themselves, and then I think there's like Porter. And uh, and like Jaron Jackson, I think are in that next one. Uh, but those two guys at the top, and then maybe Porter, depending on how he comes back from injury, that changes your franchise forever. Because then you now have two guys in Dennis Smith Jr. and whoever the other one is that are just you know lights out, could potentially be all stars, probably will be all stars at some point in their career. That's I, big. That's huge. It is. It is huge. And this is the reason why that I think that it's worth it. I think that I, even though it's been painful, I haven't had a big issue with spending these last couple of years not actively outright rooting for a team to lose, but I do, I don't mind seeing the loss because I know it's, it's getting us closer. And there have been glimpses where you're seeing, you know, I can imagine for Dennis Smith, it's been really frustrating this year and you've, he's been really outward about it. There was the game that he had that, you know, he had the final shot and was wide on it and was extremely, you know, 
was extremely disappointed in himself, but that's been a growing lesson, and you've seen you've seen improvement from him since that game. I don't have an issue with it. I get why people would. I know that you know you don't want to surround your guys, and this shouldn't be okay. But I think you have the veterans there that are gonna say, you know what, you know this isn't who we are. This isn't the culture of this team. We are better than better than this. And I just don't, I don't think that's Dennis Smith Jr. and himself. Yeah, you have a good point. That the the veterans, the Mavericks are gonna make it through this and not have any like attrition necessarily because good word attrition because of their veterans because you have this is the only team i think that has ever tanked with an active player an active legend on the team <laughs> i mean the lakers kind of did it with kobe but he was injured and not really on the team and just to do it with with dirk and then also harrison barnes the senator who is just the the most class act guy ever on your team and veterans like you know when Devin Harris was here and Berea, Wesley Matthews, and yeah Wesley Matthews as well. Like this is a, this is a team that should not be in a position to tank, but somehow they find themselves. Which they, I think again, no again I think this is this that would be a good place to be because you probably shouldn't be in this scenario. But if you're gonna be in this scenario, might as well take advantage of it. Am I wrong? Like if you're gonna be down here, be down here and get yourself a good draft pick and retool for next year. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough because you don't want to. You don't want to, I don't know. You kind of want to be organically bad. You don't want to. You don't want to. In the words of Mike Fisher, yeah. No, 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 not like that. You kind of want to organically tanking. Organically tanking is, is the way that he puts it is not organic at all. You're doing it to yourself. <laughs> you're actively going out of your way and you're fabricating it. Like you're putting it together by playing players that are less good than players that you have. <laughs> And so you, I don't know. There, I feel like there's basketball karma. You, I, I feel like that's a thing, and I feel like wow. I can come back, come okay. back to bite the Mavericks. Some voodoo. No karma. It's different. Black magic. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Are you sure? I'm not saying it in the slightest. Okay, fair enough. I know you're just trying to protect yourself, but you know, as we kind of move away from Mavericks culture into the current outlook of the NBA draft. We're getting into a point in time where Selection Sunday is coming up, and you know this is going to be the prime time to see your, you know, potential next Maverick. Whether that be kind of, you can you might be able to see a DeAndre Ayton, you might be able to see a Jaron Jackson at Michigan State, but a lot of these guys are not going to be there. Porter Jr. Do you think they don't make the tournament? Maybe I don't I don't know if they're going to make it. I think Doncic th- is not going to be there. Uh, of course, Doncic isn't going to be there, but what about like a Mo Bamba with at at Texas? I think they probably get in, and I'd like to I'd like to see him a little bit. I haven't. I mean, I'll admit I haven't watched as much college basketball as I should have. Yeah, you're just the problem with doing that is you're going to see these guys in one to two, maybe three or four games, and you're going to overrate these games so much. We see this a, a lot of years with guys like Kemba Walker was a guy that that wasn't very good, but was really good in the tournament and now has become a really, really good player in the in the NBA because he's worked super hard. Like a recent one of that is Justin Jackson for the Kings. Like he had a great tournament last year and got himself drafted 
in with a lottery pick. Shabazz Napier is another guy that had a really, really good tournament, and then hand, all of a sudden hand just – Hand-picked. Hand-picked from the hand king himself. Hand-picked by LeBron. Now he's he's coming to a, a good role as a backup for the, the Trailblazers this year, but I, can just I, don't fall in love with guys during the tournament. Can you I, have to go look at the whole thing. Can I make a confession to you real quick? Do it, Usher. I did not know that Shabazz Napier was still in the league. I <laughs> honestly had no clue. Now, what about Shabazz Muhammad? What about him? He just got bought out. Like there it's, you go. Okay. It's, there. <laughs> yeah, it's you got to know where the Shabazz is. I mean, are. talk about a Bishop Gorman, you know, product <laughs> who also produced uh, Joey Gallo for a fun fact. So both of them went there. So you're gonna also see you're gonna see Marvin Bagley too. But the- it's funny how he has fallen from grace a little bit. He is, you know, his his numbers haven't fallen that much but after the knee injury and he's coming back i think people are starting to see his flaws that he's not he's a souped up dwight powell is i think at his highest (laughs) so his ceiling for me would be a chris bosh I think that's I think that's his ceiling. I think that is the best it gets which be good i think you remember bosh is better defensively coming out too but it bagley is 18 years old he should he should be a junior in high school right or a senior in high school right yeah, now. Yeah, there there are defensive instincts though on a basketball court that he does not show that you would like him to show. And I don't level. know if I don't know if all his offensive game also translates because I think there's there's some struggle in that too. Like some of the shots that that he puts up his jumper's not going to get is going to get just swatted in the NBA. Yeah. Now, do you have let me ask you prediction Spot just let's just throw one out where the Mavericks pick and who you think they would pick at that spot. I, I've been fe- Isaac and I've been feeling that they're going to be six to eight because I feel like they're just going to wow, win some of these. So games. low right now they're at seven. Don't tell me, but that. they're in a five-way tie. So they're at there's three. five teams that are no, they're at yes. A, it's a lottery system, so there's five teams now that are twenty and forty-five. Yes, the Mavericks are one of them. The Mavericks are one of them, and so they're in this like they're in this five way tie. <laughs> it's insane, but I, I think that they're they're definitely better than all those teams, and that they've been called out for for tanking, as have the Bulls. Do you think that plays in the card? I think that plays into it account a little bit because uh, they can't be as egregious about it now. They can't be like just sitting Harrison Barnes in fourth quarters or sit, you know, sitting guys have to be competitive. Yeah. You have to show, show a little bit. I think that they'll still do things to kind of lose games, but they're not going to be resting guys. They're not going to rest. Like, well, we're going to rest Dirk and Harrison and Wes and JJ, like all at the same time. I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to be doing that. Do you have a player at that position for, let's say the Mavericks are, are six. I think if Jaron Jackson is still there, that would be great for them. Uh, if not, Ooh, it's tough. Mo Bamba. I feel like Mo Bamba is like your uh he's your Rudy Gobert type that has a little bit of a jump shot. I have a slight man crush on Mo Bamba and I'm higher on him than most. I am predicting the Mavericks draft 5 and I think they take Mo Bamba. I think that's At 5. That's it just his for whatever reason I've had this gut feeling there is nothing uh to back that up but it just it feels right and i think that what you've seen is the raw guy from the draft the uh, and i'm not comparing these guys at all but you are though i mean you have the greek freak who was under or who is really thin and raw at at the time where he's coming in from a low 
kind of competition level. And he put on weight and he became great. Uh, you shots had, to Texas. Yeah, but you had you had Rudy Gobert, who is very similar to yeah. what Mo Bamba is coming out, where people said his level of competition and he's too small. What has he turned into? Arguably the best defensive center in the NBA right now. Yep. And I think that if Mo Bamba comes in and he decides to put on weight, I don't think that's actually up to him. So I'm arguing against myself. Just don't ask Nerlens how to add weight, Mo Bamba. Yeah, I mean, if if he can add weight, I think he becomes a force. That would be awesome. He's averaging like four blocks a game. You know what's fun, Nick? What's fun? Lifestyle segments. Let's talk about us in the beef of the week. Oh, coming up next, I got a beef on beef. He's got a beef on a small little bald man. Up next on the Seeing Stars podcast. <laughs> I want to thank the sports writers for this honor. Hungry, looking for something to eat. Look no further than the Nolan Ryan beef of the week. I enjoyed the competition. The week. It was indeed an honor to face you. Beef of the week. Uh, all right, we are back uh, on the Seeing Stars podcast here once again. We're in Nick's apartment. Yes. Josh Dak, Nick Angstead rolling with you as always. It's been a while since we've done a beef of the week because the last couple podcasts that we've done, I think we've voided it. We were in a place where I wasn't angry at anybody. <laughs> Not enough rage built up. But I think this, tonight's the night. Tonight's the night to unload. It's been a long week. It's Thursday. I sat in a lot of traffic. Let's beef. Let's beef. Nick, I'm giving it up to you. You're going to be first. All right, I got a beef. Uh, this is not a beef that I have. And when I, on the Beef of the Week segment, we usually give – we have a beef with something or we have a problem with, or an issue with something, and we hash it out here on the podcast. But instead, I have found a beef between two DFW sports figures. We'll just, it's we'll time just, to air their grievances. And so they mine. decided to do it today. Earlier today, Michael Young quote tweeted – uh, Evan Grant, the uh, the Rangers beat writer. Evan Grant had a uh, he had a specific take on uh, Jerkson Profar. We didn't really talk about Jerkson Profar today, but he's kind of your like utility guy that's that's uh, kind of coming off the bench for this team right now. It's he's out of options. The guys the guys out of options, and it's unfortunate because he he was, was supposed to be the future. He was supposed to be the best prospect in baseball, and that never panned out. And so Evan Grant has some takes on Jerkson Profar. He says. More clear from press box elevation how much different Profar's body looks this year. More athletic, fit for lack of better term. Smaller waist, more defined lower half. So what I'm getting at is that Evan Grant is saying that Jerkson Profar has kind of finally grown into his body because for a long time he's... But in one of the creepiest ways you could do it. From this press box view... I'm peering down on Jerkson. how much. Listen, okay. So Look at his if you don't believe little, that this tiny is creepy, little sexy waist. listen to me read this in a different voice. More clear from press box elevation how much different Profar's body looks this year. <laughs> more athletic, fit for lack of a better term. <laughs> oh. Smaller waist, more defined lower half. In like, this climate. In this climate, if you read My that. My goodness. That just sounds Keep like... Keep Willie up. <laughs> How long before he tweeted this had Evan Grant just been looking at Jerks and Profar? He's probably been... St- it sounds like a pedophile. <laughs> it literally does. It sounds like a guy's been watching this kid since he was like which tw- 11 years old didn't and now, Jay, he's, didn't now Jay, he's turning into a man. Didn't it's, it's JD like say that they've been uh, they've been scouting Profar since he was like 16? Before or, that. Or like 13? Yeah, probably. <laughs> So anyway, Michael Young 
goes from the top shelf, comes at it, and quote. Okay, let me. Can I ask he, you? Can I ask you an honest yeah. question? Do you mean top shelf or top rope? The top shelf is the same thing as the top okay, rope. Okay, okay, because I was thinking it's all just an expression. Because when you texted me this earlier, you were like, "Michael Young from the top shelf," and then for me, I'm being like. I'm being whatever his name on the on the broadcast where he's like, watch out, watch out, watch out. The Randy Orton thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I don't know. I never watched WWE, but top shelf, that's a thing, right? Sure. I guess that's more of a thing in hockey or like lacrosse, but. Sure. Top shelf. But anyway, from the top shelf, Michael Young comes and quote tweets the Evan Grant tweet about uh, Jerks and Profar's lower half. And he says, more defined lower half, question mark. They wear pants, baggy ones. More clear from press box elevation? I've been up there. The view is better in the clubhouse, where you where you loiter consistently. And in general, it's clear you lack better terms on most things. Hot garbage tweet grant. <laughs> oh man. What a beef! Mr. Ranger is coming in strong. What the, okay, so Michael Young is he is like the Ranger. He is the guy. Yes. He's like no. This he, is that is Mr. Ranger. Okay, this true or untrue? This is like if Dirk did this to somebody. That's tough. Michael Finley. Again, that's kind of tough. I don't know if there is. Is there a good comparison? Well, because I feel like if Romo did is, it, who is the greatest? Who's the greatest Ranger ever? I mean, that's hard. Well, that's to, a different conversation. That's hard but to like, discuss because but Pudge a, just a went figure, in. a figure that is just revered in this organization, Michael Young. Yes, yeah. I mean he did it the right way. This is like if came up from if like Demarcus Ware did this in, in for the Cowboys. Like if Witten did this, like this. Is, no, this would be if if Witten did this would be like if Michael yeah, Young did. I'm that. gonna go with Witten and Michael Finley. That's like if those two guys did if this. If Jason Witt, like if Mike Fisher <laughs> tweeted something and was like. If he says Evan Grant, he said something along the, the lines of like Mike Fisher equivalent. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you guys that exclusive, exclusive, <laughs> exclusive, exclusive. I gotta tell you that you know Ezekiel Elliott's really looking trim. His abs are back in his abs are back his in lower half. Form. And then Jason Witten comes Shout back out to Mike Fisher, dude. I've been up in the press box. You literally can't see anything. Stop being creepy, you creep. <laughs> what a beef! I just can't believe he came out. He came at it like that. Like it's, <laughs> that was so strong. Like there was okay. Let's let's unpack this. That sounds okay. like something I'd tweet. And so he questions. It. He questions the analysis of of more defined lower half. He's like they wear pants. It's and then he's like, it's more did clear you, from. Did, did you just rip a? <laughs> this is my huge chair. Fart? No. <laughs> did you pass gas? <laughs> no, I have a beef with this chair right now. This this chair is like you just beefed on that chair, dude. <laughs> So let's unpack this tweet. So he talks about how the take is wrong about the lower half because of the baggy pants. Then he talks about how it's not more clear from the press box elevation. He's like, I've been there. Then he goes, it's more clear from the clubhouse, which you loiter in all the time, which is not part of the tweet at all. He just like calls him out for that outside of all this. Outside of the take, he calls him out for loitering that's, in the clubhouse. That's like a low blow because he's not only... <laughs> crushing his take on jerks and profar but he's like he's also saying you you, you commit pig. a crime you pig that is our place of of rest and you he almost you, said worship yeah that is our place of rest and you don't take off your shoes you drag your muddy feet <laughs> where you loiter consistently 
He then he goes, and in general, it's clear you lack better terms on most things. This is a writer. He has a family. I don't know if he has a family, but this is a Probably, writer. Yeah. That's what he does so. is write things. And he says you lack better terms on most things. That's that's strong. That is, is this strong. something that Michael has been keeping inside from like day one? Yeah. <laughs> does he just not like Evan? Is he hold? Is he? How long has he been holding this back? How long has Evan Grant been the beat writer for the Rangers? Like forever? Uh, is he like the Eddie long, Sefko of the? As long as I've known. Yeah, I mean he is he is the Rangers guy. Uh, he is the much more esteemed, kinder, less domestic abusive Earl Casey. Oh, does he work for the Rangers? Yeah. Oh, really? I mean he he also he writes for he writes for I believe uh, Dallas Morning. No, not Dallas Morning News. Sports Day. Sports Day DFW. That's the same thing. Oh, is it really? Yeah. You didn't know that? No. Wow. I don't feel it. But he he <laughs> specifically covers the Rangers. Right. But he doesn't work for, like, Rangers.com. Do they have those people? I don't even T. know. T.R. Sullivan have. is the guy who works for Oh, he's for like MLB.com. But, yeah, so okay, he, so he would be like the arrow case. So but, here's... Here's still when they go on MLB Network and they need a Rangers beat guy, they do, they do Evan. Interesting. Wow, because I think I feel like t- just so many T. shots. Sullivan is like the Dwayne Price. <laughs> wow, <laughs> what kind of shoes does he wear? No shoes. Like Alex, bare feet. <laughs> just chocos, walking around, toes all walking, exposed. Walking, feeling the grass. <laughs> gotta feel it. Gotta feel it between the toes. So oh, there we go. It's spring again. That, <laughs> that hand motion you just made. Wayne Price has never made it. So beef, your beef. That, of the that's week. my beef. Michael Young beefing on Evan Grant, and I wonder if the tweet's still up. As you pull up yours, I'm gonna check to see if the tweet is still up. Okay. So my beef of the week. Uh, this came from a picture that I saw in the last week, and it kind of made my Texas soul. I know where you're going just with this now. Cringe. So there's this picture that came out, and it is from munchies.com, of all places. Yeah. And it's an article that says, why is Brooklyn Barbecue taking over the world? Can I show you this picture, Nick? I've seen this picture. Explain this to the listeners. They can't see it, and I can guarantee you they probably already have. You've seen this. It is the smallest little... So it's it's this normal barbecue tray, we think. Well, I'll get to that later. Normal barbecue tray, and it has, like, strips of meat in one corner that's just like i don't know barely not even taking up a fourth of the tray and so it's just kind of in that in there the two little two of the saddest little buns you've ever seen yeah like, <laughs> little jerks and profar <laughs> pre getting stronger like, lower half buns like inside of jerks and profar's baggy pants would be these <laughs> buns then you have like this weird like okay you know what your mom used to put jelly in like these these jelly jars like a little jar that you I have that little. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be honest. With you, I think that's a craft beer. No, but like the jar. Oh just yeah, the like jar a, itself. Like a mason jar. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, sort of like a but mason less. jar, but smaller. Smucker's jam. Then jar. they have like some dark beer there, and then they have like this little plastic like uh, holder. 
for two pickles. And it's like these small and little dill pickles. I, no, I bet they're sweet pickles. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. Even worse. Bread and butter because, pickles? You know like, what? Get out they of They probably are dill pickles, but for the purpose of this argument, they're not. I am going to say that they're the grossest thing, which are sweet pickles. I have a major beef with this. My Texas spirit is just, it's cringing inside of me right now. This is everything that tells me that is wrong. It's... No, it's sad, man. I mean, that's not barbecue. Nobody thinks that's barbecue. And why are they not? Why are these places all over the world? Barcelona, I've read into this. Japan, all these places. Why are they taking? Why are they taking tips from Brooklyn of all places on their sad, stinking barbecue? What is barbecue to you when you think? First of all, there's no barbecue sauce anywhere in sight on this whole tray. Now I will say there is a there's a barbecue spot in the DFW that does not do sauce, but their meat is delicious, and I will leave them unnamed. Ooh, there's a place called Cadillac Barbecue. Delicious, so good. They, They're only open like three days a week, and you know why? For like four hours, because they sell out, and they don't need to be. They literally run out of meat, but they don't they don't need sauce. I still put it on there sometimes when when we get it at work, but but uh. So okay, my theory with this: what if the tray? is like the size of a desk. Look at that picture again, and what if that tray is the size of a desk? Then all of a sudden, then you're talking with actual like real portions of meat, a massive beer, normal sized pickles, and then the buns are like normal little buns. <laughs> still little buns. <laughs> I, I am still really upset by this because- Even this if it was the size of a desk, if the tray was the size of a desk, I, my problem is not what the meat looks like. Or the size of it. It's not the portion. Yeah, it's not the size. It doesn't just, matter. <laughs> not if you're jersey and profile. Yeah, size doesn't matter. <laughs> but the quality matters. Yeah, qu it's, quality <laughs> over quantity. It's what's inside the baggy pants that, that matters. <laughs> <laughs> I have I just have a major issue with this man. I this can is, understand why you have an issue with it. It's not real barbecue. It's not real barbecue and it's not what I grew up on and I I'm not going to say that I am just the expert aficionado on barbecue, but literally I would rather go to I will okay, I'll start naming them off. I'll say I'd rather go to Hard 8 barbecue. I'd rather go to Cadillac. I'd rather go to Arby's. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather go to Arby's <laughs> and get one of their we have the meat. They have more meat than this tray does. This I would tray. rather go to uh, Smoke. There's this place in Ooh. off Sylvan in Dallas that's really good. I'd Went rather to this place last weekend called Barclays. Pretty good. Really good. Okay, I'd rather go to Spring Creek. I'd rather go to uh, Dickie's Barbecue. Wow. I the chain. I would rather go to Coulter, Coulter's. Coulter's. What is, what's the spot in uh, in Deep Ellum? The, the, no. You know the one I'm talking about? I can only Pecan think of that. Pecan Lodge. Wow. Every one of these is so much more impressive than this sad excuse for what is barbecue. Dallas, all of Texas, Memphis, San Antonio, just devastated. Two billboards outside of Ebbing. Devastated by this, this display of whatever they want to call it. Because it's not barbecue. It's just, it's meat. It is like, it looks like the, uh, 
there's all those memes about your uh, your kids lunch at school this is the barbecue version of your kids lunch at school yeah this is the this is the cardboard pizza that they served us now you know why if you feel attacked by this like me <laughs> let us know guys i mean we will uh we're gonna get a little bit into nfl draft talk again grab bag yeah we're gonna we're just gonna rapid fire this thing off next on uh the seeing stars podcast I've been sent to spread the message. God bless Texas. Oh yeah. yeah. We are back on the Seeing Stars podcast. We are composed, I promise. We're uh, we're better. We're We've cleaned up since the last segment. Yeah, I promise. We're better. We're better than this. We tightened you, the shorts. You deserve better. Of this segment. You deserve less baggy pants than what Michael Young said that baseball players wear so we're talking we're going back and talking drafts so let's go ahead and uh give me your, your give me your thoughts on lamar jackson we, we said we would talk about this at the end let's go ahead and talk about it because he seems to be either the first quarterback on people's lists or the fifth i would disagree with that actually i think that it's pretty solidified at the top that the two most pro ready quarterbacks are going to be sam darnold and josh rosen yes but i would That's what people think anyway i would argue and say that Lamar Jackson is I mean he's not just a runner I know that people compare him to Michael Vick but this guy's legit like his career his career projection is not at wide receiver which is that is preposterous to me that NFL GMs and front office guys are asking and wanting to work out Lamar Jackson at wide receiver at the combine. That's stupid to me. When he got asked this question at the combine, would you be would you want to play wide receiver? Would you be open to playing wide receiver? This is what he should have said. So you're sitting down, you're at the combine, you're getting drilled all these questions. They say, "All right, Lamar Jackson, uh would you be open to the possibility of you, you know, playing wide receiver and potentially, you know, running some routes for us?" This is the way he should have answered. Hell no. He could have said that. He also could have said in maybe less of a of a pitchy sort of way. He could have said, yes, I will do that. The same way that Tom Brady and Nick Foles did in the Super Bowl. Boom! That that I would have drafted that guy. You would have drafted him from yes. confidence alone? Confidence alone. Like, like, yes, I will do it, but I'm a quarterback. He I'm is, a quarterback, dang it. I actually like the way that he handled it. I like the fact that he... I don't know how he handled he it. He only did quarterback drills. He didn't run. Yeah, he didn't good. do forty yard draft. He didn't do the other things. He did the throwing drills because he's trying to prove to people that this is his future position. Which honestly, and he has a he has a first round arm. Of all the guys, of all the quarterbacks, he's the one that needed those throwing things the most because he was looked at as a wide receiver by some teams. Like I feel like those drills are most needed for guys that are even looked at as like you're just not good enough at what you do. To, you have to prove something else, and so most I I think honestly, most of the combine stuff doesn't matter. I was listening to Dan Patrick show today, and uh, he was like, I don't think the combine matters. And then he went to break, and he had an NFL personnel person text him from a team, like a team person, text him and say it matters, but only because of the medical, like only because you like all of your 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 doctors and stuff get to meet with these players and get to check them out and stuff like that. Like and I think that is, definitely matters, and this is why because you don't want your you don't want what we talked about earlier. Maurice Hurst. You don't want that a guy a that you're one. investing in as a first round future and paying big money to, and he can't get on the field. Yeah, 
And that's un that's unfortunate. I get why. I think there are things and guys that Markel Fultz right now. Yeah, there's guys that <laughs> will make a difference and have improved their draft stock. You want me to name a few? Let's see. DJ Moore from Maryland. He You think he's gone and improved his draft stock from the combine. I absolutely believe so. I think that he jumps up into wide receiver one conversation Whoa. in this draft. I Where before he was what? Four or five. Hmm. I think he is that talented. Oh, like number one in the draft. Yes. Wow. I think he is that talented. He, I mean, he had himself a great pro day or had himself a great combine. He showed out well. I think Cortland Sutton did himself a favor. I mentioned that earlier. I think that he really showed well in seeing that he was cutting better in and out of his routes than the slot guys. Because I think we all expect that slot guys, because they're smaller, because they're lighter weight, that they're cutting in and out of routes and they're these kind of like scat guys. Cortland Sutton had better had better measurables and had, you know, better times than the rest of these guys. It might be hard to answer, but I feel like all of these things you could have seen in games. Like you could have seen him do the like run these certain routes in games. Unless I don't know, unless you're the the scheme that your team is running prohibits you from running a certain way. The question mark in this draft at the wide receiver position is going to be Calvin Ridley. And that's weird to say that because he's the number one overall he guy. He seems like the most sure thing. And I don't think that he did not perform that well at the comp. He didn't jump very well. He didn't jump well. He's not He's not, He's not. not going to jump off the screen at, at you athletic. He's, and the thing for him is that he did not have big production at Alabama hmm. because that's not their offense. No, they don't know how to throw it out like spread thing. I heard a really interesting <laughs> comparison, though, the other day for Calvin Ridley. Oh, can I tell you mine real quick? I feel like he's a faster Larry Fitzgerald. That is really freaking high praise. I do, well, you whenever you do comparisons, you're trying to do like this is what he could be at the the highest level. And it's going to be funny because I say that and my guy is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> so, uh my guy that I actually heard and it makes a lot of sense is Marvin Harrison. Interesting. Marvin Harrison because he he doesn't have that huge stereotypical wide receiver stature he's not 6'3 he's 6'1 if you saw him on the street you wouldn't know that he was a wide receiver yeah <laughs> Marvin I mean, Harrison anyway no exactly and neither one of them ran all that well at the combine in their respective combines Calvin Ridley actually ran better than Marvin Harrison did See, and both are 24 coming out so they're both a little older. older so you're saying that if the Cowboys draft Calvin Ridley they're going to be the Peyton Manning Marvin Harrison that all of a sudden tough. Dak that is going to start just lighten it up. He's going to break records. He's going to be one of the best quarterbacks of all time. He's going to also be in p these new Pizza Hut commercials. He's going to be in all the Pizza Hut commercials. You know what I think screwed Dak Prescott and, was that stupid Pepsi commercial. And Papa that he the did. Hut, Papa the Hut is going to have him buy Papa the Hut. Papa the Hut is going to have him has Dak buy all these. Pizza Hut franchises, and then in 20 years, the NFL will have some beef with Pizza Hut, and all of a sudden, the day before they drop their contract with Pizza Hut, that Dak Prescott's going to sell all of his franchises. Is that what you're telling me that Dak Prescott's going to be? I like Pizza Hut a lot, actually. I like it better than Papa John's for me sure. Me too. I think that... Hey, Papa, your sales are down because your pizza's not any good. <laughs> I don't... It's, it's... Is that a beef? It could have been. Okay. We already passed been. that. could have been a That beef. ship has sailed, Nick. <laughs> Sorry. That ship has sailed. Sorry, no, but shipping. I think no, I do not think that Calvin Ridley is going to turn Dak Prescott into Peyton Manning just magically. Ah, I liked but my hypothetical situation. I think, you know, no pun intended, but trust the tape on this one. Like 
Calvin Ridley can play. He has shown he can play. There's a reason that people consider him the number one wide receiver in this class. I think he'll be good. I know we kind of went on a bunny trail there, but I have <laughs> a spot for Lamar Jackson to go that I think wow, we make, did. that'll make a lot of sense for him. Okay, and it's not the, the Arizona Cardinals because that's who I was excited because then he just wouldn't have to change any of his clothes. He could just continue wearing all of his Louisville stuff. Yeah, he doesn't even doesn't have to change anything. His socks can leave him on. When does Arizona pick? I don't remember off the top of my head. That is going to anyway, be give me your give me your thirteen or uh, thirteen or fourteen because I know Washington's right in that same spot. Give me your Lamar Jackson plays. I think that all five of the quarterbacks are going to go before nineteen. Wow. But if it doesn't happen, there is need. I mean, and Cleveland La- and Lamar New York, Jackson slides. Denver. Jets. If Lamar Jackson happens to slide past nineteen, the perfect spot for Lamar Jackson is to head to the New Orleans Saints. Wow, I, they still haven't signed Drew Brees. I think that is an incredible place for him. Just think, think about the fact that that he, running game he can sit for a year. Right, he or can a couple. He can sit for a Brees couple can years. Still play. I know that 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 could be the next Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre situation. Except for Drew Brees is probably a much nicer human being than Brett Favre. Probably so. <laughs> but could you think? I mean, people have questions on Lamar Jackson's throwing seals, and people have questions on you know what he can do in the pocket, which I don't think they should. But think about him sitting and mentoring under Drew Brees, who is arguably one of like the best gunslingers in NFL history. Now, if you're Drew Brees, though, and all of a sudden you still haven't signed yet, and they and they no, go he's, ahead, he's coming back. He's coming back. Okay, but then they go and they sign this. Then they go and draft this guy with their number one pick. Yeah. What does that tell you? This, As Drew Brees, they're talking about this with Eli Manning with at number two. They're like, "Well, if they draft a quarterback, what does that say, what does that say to Eli and all this stuff?" Imagine with Drew Brees, who's like an actually good quarterback still. Yeah, still good, still good. But I'm just saying, like, if they if nobody's on the board for them, and they have an opportunity to take Lamar Jackson, I think that's the perfect scenario. Because also think about in two years when you have a so the Saints are at 27. Yeah, they're late. That's a little late, but. I don't think that he's going to go in the first round. Think about Lamar Jackson handing it off to Alvin Kamara and being able to throw to Michael Thomas. Ugh. That's so that is so athletic. Imagine like an end of the game play where they have to do like laterals. And you have those three guys that are just like throwing it, chucking it and running. Yeah, around. and then Lamar Jackson becomes a wide receiver. Ugh. Man. Because he can. Apparently that's what he should be doing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, 1950s white guy take. There's one thing we need to talk about that we mentioned earlier. There's two quarterbacks that are, are two of the most, I don't know, pro-ready, or they're, they're two of the highest-ranking quarterbacks in the draft, Sam Darnold and Josh, uh, and Josh Allen. And Josh Dak. I'm actually <laughs> entering the draft. He's too tall. That's what they would say about you. Uh, I'm about Josh. Josh Allen is a little bit just probably a hair shorter than me. And your hair sticks up like an inch, so. Yep. But they got stuck in a revolving door. <laughs> who do you think? Who do you think screwed the pooch? Who's the who one pushed? that pushed the door? Who pushed? To me, I think Darnold pushed the door. It's like the question: Who farted? This chair does yeah. <laughs> every single time. I keep thinking the door's opening every time that you you move in the My chair. My dog would freak out if the door opened. That's so true. That's we fair. will. So we will know. Uh, I think Josh. I think. I think. Uh, no, not Josh. I think Sam Darnold pushed the door. You think Sam Darnold pushed the door? I do. I, do you think Josh Allen did? I don't know. I 
I don't know. Did they? Okay, maybe they both pushed it at the same time. Okay, this is what they were doing. They were trying to be too nice to each other. They both pushed it at the same time in their their combined strength because they'd just been working out and working so out strong. and working out so strong. They pushed it, and the door just like couldn't handle it. And just it freaked out, and they got trapped in there, and now they're best friends. Maybe the door was like a mock draft, and it couldn't decide where they were going to go, and it just like broke. Okay, so I have I I don't want to say oh that could have been my beef. So at the combine, these two guys got stuck in a revolving door and they couldn't get out. And didn't they have to like shut the power down to the building to <laughs> get got, them out? They got really close. <laughs> Josh Allen. And yeah, Sandra I wonder how big really it was. Because there are some revolving doors that like you and I couldn't really stand next to each other in. And there are some that are really big. You and can those fit, are like, 10 those are two in. like future NFL quarterbacks. So they got to be like okay, so six. They're like six four, six six. <laughs> yeah. So Josh Allen, he seems like a really sweet kid. He seems like he North has, like, Dakota State, he, like uh, Wyoming. Oh, I'm actually. sorry. Yeah, that I'm would, sorry. That would be Carson Wentz. Thank you. I'm sorry. Uh, Wrong random Midwestern. Yeah, Wyoming. Okay, the Wyoming <laughs> Cowboys. No, but you have Wyoming. Their state is a square. Josh Allen seems like a good kid and has the biggest arm since Jamarcus Russell. Like it is, it is sick. The <laughs> not throws, a great comparison. It's sick the throws he can make. Problem is, is that when you're only completing about fifty six percent of your passes in a college season, that probably tells you something. And Wasn't that's why he also getting hit on ninety percent of his dropbacks. That's way too. That's way too high. I, don't I heard that him. somewhere, but he was getting hit on like a lot of it, at least a lot. At least, at least ninety five percent. At least, no. But I don't. I don't know if I, I don't know if I trust Josh Allen yet because he 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 of all quarterbacks had one of the better showings at the combine. I mean, he was just showing off for scouts. I mean, he had a beautiful. It was just on the streak routes. Christian Kirk goes down the sideline and he like effortlessly throws a bomb for seventy yards and drops it right in to Christian Kirk's. You know. Outstretched Wide hands. Wide open potential first round hands. It was beautiful. It was great. I have an issue with Sam Darnold. And I know this isn't a beef, but I think it is something that needs to be talked about. The fact that why as a potential number one overall pick, I know that you don't want to lose anything or lose draft place, but why don't you work out? Like, why don't you work out at the combine? Why do you not throw? He's got nothing to lose. He's probably got nothing to to, uh, to yeah, gain he, from it. But there's a part of me that says that you're going up against the rest of these guys, and if you're, you know, unless you're hurt, unless there's something that you feel like is really hindering you from going out and throwing, dude, be competitive. So what if he's looking at the top and saying, I don't want any part of the Browns. I don't want any part of the Giants. No, that's Josh Rosen. I think the Broncos looks good. That's what not a, up to him. I know, but if he doesn't go out there and maybe the, maybe they haven't scouted him as much, and so maybe this combine was where the Browns are going to be like, all right, let's really dive into this. And then they didn't get to see him. I don't know. Withholding some information can be can be smart. I just – Dennis think, Smith Jr. withheld information from the Knicks so that he didn't have to go there <laughs> because they were weird to him. Yep, and they took they – took Frank the Tank instead. Frankie Smokes. Frankie Smokes. And now, looking back in retrospect, we made the right pick. I personally, I just, I don't agree with it. I, I think it'll work out fine for the Knicks. But I think if you're if you're there and you're going to be at the combine, just throw, throw. Like, 
You're going to be one of the first two picks. Throw. Anyways, we'll move into. Uh, Should have been a beef. You were all yeah. fired up about that. We're gonna we're gonna move it into the shout out portion of our uh, of our show here. But uh, before that, you can uh, hear from our awesome sponsors. Just kidding, we don't have any sponsors. <laughs> but we'll see you next on the Seeing Stars podcast. Well, you know you maybe wanna shout. Get Welcome back to the Seeing Stars podcast. Shout. We are almost shout. out of time, but you know shout. we do the we do the shout out shootout here on uh, on the Seeing Stars podcast. And something that we've done a little bit as of recently has been this just really random rapid fire. But we're gonna have a little bit of uh, a little bit of organized and uh, I, I don't know a little bit a little bit of organized <laughs> organization to this. Uh, to this segment first off nick it is national international women's day shout out to national international women's day There's, what does that mean to you th- it means that that women exist and they should be treated as such oh treated like they exist yeah yeah <laughs> whoa man gosh just that they're that they're half the planet they make up more than half the planet. they do who is your who are your favorite who women? is my woman who is your favorite women my favorite women are my women. my wife uh, Haley Atwell. Um, that's not my wife's name. She's an actress. Um, also, Kristen Ledlow from NBA TV. Okay. You like her? I met her in Summer League. She's a very nice person. Talked okay. to me for, for a long time. It was cool. good. She told, uh, does she still have her fastball? My mom? She, oh, yeah. Yeah. My mom does. We're talking about. Okay. Yeah, we're <laughs> talking about your mom. Got it. My And my sister. And your sister. Okay, yeah. those are your favorite women. Uh, international, national, international Women's Day to me means that, you know, just just an overall appreciation for the women of this world that, you know, without them, uh, they're a huge part of the life cycle and that they <laughs> literally make everything better. Women make everything better. They do. They're awesome. My favorite women. My wife makes pancakes better than me. I think women make everything better. My, My wife makes laundry better than me. She makes laundry? Yeah, she makes driving better than me. I was going to ask a question, but I don't know if that's She personal. drives better than me. <laughs> just going to be honest with that. My woman makes sex better than me. <laughs> just very I don't know where life. you're going with that. Talking about jerks and pants again. Yeah, okay. But anyways, my favorite women would be my fiance, Megan. She shout is shout out. awesome. Uh, my sister. She's shout a, out. She's a great woman. Um... Gal Gadot, wow, yeah, that's the a good, Wonder Woman. That's a good. She, she is the Wonder Woman. That I sometimes you wonder if she is a woman. Not at actually, all. actually, no, no, you she never wonder. A, yeah, she, you never have to wonder. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's she's pretty great. Uh, let me see the other women. Give Katie me, Nolan. I'm wow, like, I love Katie Nolan. Katie Nolan. I think she is super entertaining. She's great. She's funny. She's she great. Shout out to her. Funny. Yeah, I like women in general. They're cool. I like Doris Burke. Yeah, she's pretty impressive. Doris Burke is great. Yeah, for, more Doris professionally, Burke. Professionally, right? Less players only, more Doris Burke. That's what I want. Doris Burke or NBA David Aldridge? Season. David Aldridge? What are you talking about? Like, as people? Yeah. Doris, taken. Doris Burke. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. So you're, so you're totally for this National International Women's Day. All right. Another national day today, National Organ Day. Okay. Do you have any connection or anything with Oregon at all? Mm, 
I liked Brandon Roy when he played. For I the used to play that that computer game, The Oregon Trail. Oh, that was fun. You remember that? Yep. Yeah, we used to play that in school. Yeah. Okay, so computer time. Um, Oregon, the Oregon Ducks. They used to have cool uniforms, and Chip Kelly was their quarterback. Oregon, Oregon, Oregon. Dylan Brooks and uh, Jordan Bell played there last year, and they're good NBA players now. Gavin Dawson is from Oregon. <laughs> All right, and the next national day is National Peanut Cluster Day. I like peanut brittle. I think if you have a cluster of peanuts, I think there's something wrong with a your peanuts. A cluster of what? <laughs> a cluster of peanuts. Of what? A cluster of peanuts. Okay. And uh, if you have a cluster of peanuts, there's something wrong with your peanuts. <laughs> and we la- are the, children. The last national day is National Proofreading Day. Oh man, this is what I have to do for my fiance often. Really? She is not. She trusts you to proofread things. I'm good with English. Really? I am good with English. Yes. Are you well with English though? That's not correct. <laughs> that is not correct. I, I should have proofread that Talented statement. at the English. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Hold on, to hold on. We got to cut. There's two more <laughs> shout outs I have. Oh, okay, one, wow. Okay, so one shout out. I want to make a shout out to the guy who I pulled up to a stoplight earlier today, and he um, looked as if he was going to be asking for money. And yeah. in this climate, you never know. <laughs> but. So I rolled down the window because I have a heart for the homeless, and I just had stopped and asked. Yeah, shout like, out to you for actually rolling down your window. I just said, hey, man. I was like, how you doing? Uh, do you need a water or anything? And he goes, oh, uh, yeah, no, I'm good, man. I'm just trying to cross the street. <laughs> and I said, all right, well, I feel horrible, and the one time that I seek it out, I should have known. I should have so known. So great. So <laughs> <laughs> and you think this guy's homeless and you're coming up like, I'm going to help this guy. I'm going to feel I'm going to go up there and I'm going to make this guy's day. I'm going to feel real and good about it, myself. He's like, I'm just walking home, I man. Said, man, I'm just walking home. It could have been Nick because I found Nick. I, w- I did walk home today from work. I-, I live less than two miles from work. And so some days I walk. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, I guess that will close it out for myself. I am Josh Dak. Uh, as always, my buddy Nick Angstead couldn't what do it without him. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you've gotten to this point in the podcast, you wow. are dedicated. Probably related to us. You're dedicated. Um, but, yeah, this this should be up here pretty soon. We love you. Choose kindness. Peace out. Kindness. See you next time. Boom. We'll see you.